our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N. Ah, you just heard it. Race for a Reason is coming right up, and uh, that's our topic today. Think of it. 36 degrees right now. They're talking about us being in the 80s on the weekend. Ah, it's springtime in Athens. for a reason and there's lots of uh, lots of reasons uh, available let me see what's uh, something sounds different uh, I hear sort of an echoing sound let me think what's doing that uh, I guess it's that mic there okay good morning uh, welcome everybody Let's see here. Um, we have two guests today, and I prepared for one, <laughs> but that's just fine. I know the other one well, too. So Bill Hoschild, who um, uh, we're going to learn all about him, and then also Tara Giltz is here. Tara's, oh, what do you call it? Philanthropy advisor, something like that. Huh, Tara? Yes, correct. Yeah. At Ohio Health, and of course, Ohio Health and Bill Hoschild have been um, jointly bringing this event to our community for many important purposes for some years. In fact, that's what I really want to get into. So, good morning, Bill. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. And, um, you know, I had all sorts of things I wanted to ask you, and I don't want to leave you out, Tara, but we'll, 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 just, we'll just boom through this. Okay, so, Bill, where were you raised? I grew up in New Jersey. A small town called Bridgewater, New Jersey, northern central New Jersey, probably about 30 minutes from Princeton, about 25 minutes from New Brunswick, where Rutgers University is located. Did you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have two older brothers who are twins. They're four years older, and then a younger brother who's three years younger than me. All boys, huh? All boys, my poor mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your, your parents, did they have professions? Yes. Uh, my dad uh, had his Ph.D. in biochemistry and worked for Colgate Palmolive. So he was like a, the toothpaste guy. Uh, so he was part of like when they incorporated like, um, gosh, baking soda into toothpaste. He mm -hmm. was a part of that with uh, Colgate and then worked for Dwight and Church, which uh, was the baking soda toothpaste people. But he would always bring back like... Uh, different samples. We were always part of like the sampling of flavors of toothpaste as kids. And I, I'll bet that didn't go well. Oh, no, there was some pretty cool stuff. I mean, like <laughs> bubblegum toothpaste. There were some no stuff that kind of tastes medicinal as well, yeah. like cherry toothpaste. And then my mom was a school teacher and mostly a kindergarten teacher. So as a youth, uh, you see, you were the uh, third out of four boys, right? Correct. If I remember what you just said um you know what what what, what were um 
your parents uh, encouraging you folks to do? Um, I don't know if my, our, I mean, we definitely were involved in academics and athletics and also in music a little bit. So I played the piano for a little while. So I think that our parents just exposed us to a lot of different things. I think that for the most part, uh, our family gravitated towards athletics. So and, and so was more specifically, uh, what what sports were of interest to you? We swam mostly, but I did like you know the the version of Sandlot baseball okay. that uh, is here. It sure. was called BBI Bridgewater Baseball Incorporated, where I was. Um, so I I did baseball all the way up to my freshman year of high school, and then kind of continued to just focus on swimming. Uh, and did your high school have a swim team? Our high school had a swim team. Um, yep, and and pretty much all my brothers. I mean, my 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 brothers were four years ahead of me. My older brothers, they both swam collegiately. One swam at University of Virginia. One at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I swam collegiately at West Point. Distance or speed? Uh, I'm kind of a middle distance breaststroker. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a niche. I was a, a, uh, mediocre collegiate swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> mediocre collegiate <laughs> swimmer. That's, um, well still, uh, to be a collegiate, uh, swimmer, you have to be pretty good. So, um, you know, at what point would you say you started to realize what things you might be interested in your lifetime? Um, I definitely was always uh, focused on athletics. When I graduated from uh, the United States Military Academy, I always aspired to going back there and teaching in the Department of Physical Education, which okay. I did. Let me just change. Let's see here. Oh, okay. So let me tell you what that all that noise you heard just a moment ago is probably occurring. Uh, as you know, uh, folks, um, they're they're putting some high power lines across Route 33, and uh, they started yesterday. Well, the project they've been working on for a year, but the actual crossing of 33. Um, with these lines, um, they're doing it today and yesterday, and I don't know how many days it'll take. But uh, periodically, they will interfere with us because uh, at the top of where they're headed is our tower, right? So um, we apologize. Um, But hopefully we won't have too much of that. So my last question, um, Bill, was uh, at what point did your future start to be known? And you, you were starting to answer it, but I didn't hear it. Uh, Oops, let me turn your mic on. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, well, not right. Uh, now let me think what's going on here. I can move over to you. If you want try to. Tara's mic. Uh, can you hear that me? That one's working. Okay. That's very odd. Okay, so... Um, Say one more thing. Okay, so I'm you're on mic two now. Okay, one more time. 
check, 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 check. There you go. Well, you two share that mic if you don't mind. All right. For the rest of the show. We're I'm moving out of COVID anyway. Okay. We're both vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. Plus two boosters, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, where where along in your life, how old might you have been when when you started to know what things were going to trip your trigger? I mean, I think I always had a propensity towards athletics. Uh, with a swimming background, I started to get into triathlon. Um, and then when I was teaching in the physical education program back at West Point, I was an officer representative for the swim team and for the triathlon team, got my coaching certification while I was there and i've kept on doing that as part of a grassroots advertising for race for reason so tara was is in our hall of fame as a (laughs) a uh, triathlon uh class participant through uh wellworks um she was in one of our earlier classes in fact if you look at the banners over the richland avenue bridge there is a photo of tara coming out of the transition area or into the transition area with her bicycle Mm -hmm. and she's got some really cool glasses on (laughs) i do i think we might have microphone three back now okay well this track uh are you on it right now yes no no it sounds like you're in the background how about now Uh, it's worse okay okay not sure what we're doing here but uh, just share that, Mike. We'll be fine. Um, so, you know, you, you you glossed over a couple things there, Bill. West Point, right? And some other things. And uh, uh, so when did the military option become something you were interested in? Um, I, I went to the Junior Olympics uh, at West Point when I was an age group swimmer. And... Um, or one one swim meet I'm I can't even tell which one it was but started I think I was then in my junior year of high school started you know uh, did pretty well at the meet started talking to the coaching staff and continued to talk to the coaching staff Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was one of those recruited swimmers you have to get a nomination and then an appointment to any of the service academies. And I got an alternate nomination. Um, and then towards the end when people who uh, were a little bit more academically proficient than I was, I mm-hmm. guess, or uh, better candidates turned down stuff, uh, they rolled down to me. And I think uh, <laughs> that uh, they looked at me and said, we don't have to expend uh, any uh you know, a silver bullet on this guy, and and I came in as part of the recruiting class. Uh, oh, graduated I, in I, 1990. I'm betting you're being a bit modest there, but uh, still, uh, what a, what an experience, West Point. And uh, you know, m- m- one of my former bosses was a guy by the name of Ken Kokel, and um, he was a West Pointer, and he was destined to be, you know, a, a a general in the army and uh, and yet his health held him back so he never made it past uh, being a full bird meaning a colonel but um, he wrote a book this is an army guy right he wrote a book outlining every single lighthouse on the east coast it's still in print 
It's remarkable. And yet he was an army guy. Well, anyway, so, you know, out of all of these experiences, um, you know, what did you end up doing after your military service? Well, I, I actually moved into campus ministry after that. I was always, well, not always involved in ministry, but I was starting to get uh, more involved in campus ministry when I was back teaching at West Point and then continued that when I came into the academic environment mm -hmm. at Ohio University, moved in uh, part-time field staff with what was Campus Crusade for Christ, is now known as CREW, and, and Athletes in Action, which is one of their subordinate ministries, and Valor, which is one of their subordinate military ministries. Now, years ago, out in Wyoming and other places where I went to school, Wyoming, yeah, um, <laughs> you have to listen to my show daily to understand why I said it like that. Um, Campus Crusade for Christ, that was a big program. Mm -hmm. And it was a multi-campus, uh, nearly, uh, I'm going to guesstimate, uh, nearly every campus of any significance in the nation. So um, th that was a rewarding experience? Oh, yeah. I'm still involved in campus ministry. Um, I'm back teaching as a contractor in Army ROTC, uh, but I've always stayed connected with um, Army ROTC from a ministry perspective. But last year... In, uh, in the middle of COVID, I came back and started teaching, which was a little bit of a learning curve with, you know, online classes, yeah. Microsoft Teams, getting re-familiarized with Blackboard, which wasn't really used all that often when I was uh, teaching like 10 plus years ago. I think it's been over 11 years since I, I don't know, I, I retired in 2010. So, yeah, dating myself. Well, Race for a Reason is coming right up. It is uh, Friday and Saturday. And uh, we're going to talk about the many different events involved in that. And, and But am I correct? This was your idea? This was partly my idea. Okay. So, Give somebody uh, else a credit then. Who else? Um, Think back in its so, history. Yeah. So Jim Kaler, who who used to be the Center for Sports Administration director, yep. um, their graduate students were used to do. They used to do fight night was a big thing here at the oh, convocation yes. center. Uh, I think that did lost, it in Bird Arena. Yep. Yep. Um, and then um, then they transitioned to working with the spring game, doing like the a thing called the Gridiron Gallop and. Mm -hmm. 5K runs, some um, cornhole tournaments, things like that, as an opportunity for students to get some experiential learning in uh, athletic administrative setting. And then the year that I was retiring, um, my director for uh, ath uh, Athletes in Action, Mark Heflin on campus, said, Bill, I've always wanted to do a 5K run on campus. And I said, Mark, there's... 5K runs are a dime a dozen mm. on campus. Why don't we do a triathlon? So we did uh, Athletes in Action Triathlon that year, and that was the first year in 2011. At the same time, Sports Administration was breaking away from the spring game and doing their own thing, and they did what was called Run for a Reason. 
uh, that year, and that was a 5K and a mud run. And as you know, and so Jim Keeler was in my triathlon class, and he approached me and said, "Hey, would you kind of help our students with this whole mud run concept?" Yeah. So we were working together, and then combined forces in 2012. Ohio Health came on board as our overall race sponsor this year, and then uh, we've had other people that have that have joined the team. But Ohio Health has been there, and this is year ten of uh, our event. Now, of course, the last two years, um, because of COVID and everything, you really haven't done it, right? Uh, in 2020, we had to cancel it, so we were ready to go. But and then in 2021, we went virtual okay. last year. So, which was a little bit of different flavor. That's that's why we're. It feels like we're having to resurrect something right now because um, there's not the institutional knowledge that we've had within the sports administration graduate program who I work with. So, um, and they, you know, they're an amazing program. So Matt Casciato is the director right now. Um, you know, and we have grad students each year that are the co-race director with me. It's a great uh, experiential learning. We have people on our race committee that are helping make the event better each year. Well, it is, um, that is a great program, the Sports Administration Graduate Program. Um, and, uh, you know, dare we say, it is listed in many publications as the finest in the world in its field. Yep, not just number one in the nation, but number one in the world. Yeah, cool. So 10 years. So, now, you also then, somewhere along the way, I mean, Oblenis has been the, the, the proud sponsor of the overall event. But along the way, you added this concept of pick your own reason. Mm -hmm. uh, something that inspires you or that is meaningful to you. And, and in doing so... Uh, you're trying to raise some funds to support that organization or that effort, right? That's correct. So I think this year we have about 25 different reasons. Now, uh, folks, I, I don't want to, you know, take your t I don't want to waste time, but this certainly isn't <laughs> wasting time. Um, but I'm just going to read a few of them, just a few. The Alzheimer's Association. And here we go again. Let's see if that other mic's working now. <laughs> is it? Check, check. Okay. Well, now your mic is... Okay. Try yours, Tara. Check. Yeah, yours is working now. I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, the Alzheimer's Association. Okay? The Appalachian Children Coalition. The Bobcat Swim Club. Earlier, you mentioned the organization Crew, which years ago was Campus Crusade for Christ. The Gathering Place. Kids on Campus. Uh, Lily's Sunshine Cystic Fibrosis. Now, there's a whole bunch of Ohio health efforts. For example, Ohio Health 
has, Athens has hearts. Another is the Cancer Support Fund. Healthy Moms and Babies. Again, these are all under Ohio Health. And the last one, uh, Nursing Excellence Scholarships. Let's go on. OU Women's Swim and Dive Club. Passion Works. We just had Sandy on uh, last week, I think. Sean's Pals, which is cystic fibrosis. Team Heart and Soul. Um, Tunnels to Towers, which uh, helps veterans, I think, mostly. Veterans and first responders. Okay. And Women for Recovery. Now, those are just a few. And as far as that goes, if you if you're a participant in this race, you can name something completely important to you. And it just doesn't hasn't appeared on this big list I have. Now, uh, although I don't have the the absolute everything that's mentioned list, I just have some of the larger ones. So um, I don't know what it could be, but. Whatever it could be, you could participate in one or more of these events and try to get people to support you in doing so financially, and that would benefit one of these organizations. That's cool, right? I think so. Yeah, so $10 of every entry fee goes directly back to uh, whatever charity or nonprofit you select from the drop-down menu during registration. And then the power in the race, though, is using the race as a fundraising platform for your organization. So that's where you can reach out to your social network, you know, reach out to grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, everyone say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this race to raise funds for this great uh, charity. Would you support me as I do my first triathlon or as I do this mud run or as I do whatever for $25, $50? And, and uh, that's the power in the event of uh, things going directly back to uh, the charity or nonprofit. Well, um, that's uh, it's been um, last year you had, you had a virtual version. Uh, but let's go back to uh, oh, 2020. That's the last time you had a full version, right? Or was it 19? It was 2019. Okay. Um, throw, throw out some statistics there. How many participants were there in 2019? So we have averaged 890 participants over the nine years that we've done the race. Um I'm pulling up data right now. But I'm betting 890 is much lower than what you had in, you know, it's an average of 10 years or, or whatever it is. Um, this thing has grown each year. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about the last time it was in full operation. In other words, not being affected by COVID. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. He's digging I'm, through I'm his digging computer. in my yeah. archives. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go on until you find that figure. So now, 
this year for the first time, I think, uh, you've had to add a, 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 a little session, uh, an evening session, afternoon, whatever you want to call it, on Friday as well. And that uh, deals with a whole new thing, which is called Splash and Dash. And it's a particularly uh, designed for children, and it's at the Aquatic Center. So um, it actually starts on Friday. And um, now people in any event, you can pick up your race packets from 5.30 to 7 at Grover Center on Friday. Or, of course, um, Saturday morning, if that's better for you. And uh, that's going to be, uh, let's see here, let me look uh, back up. Okay. I guess that's a, a Grover Center as well to pick up on Saturday. So you get your packet. And then throughout the day on Saturday, we have many different events. Now, did you find the figure I was looking for? Did our actually our highest year? Okay. When our our largest year was back in 2015, okay. where we had over 1,300 participants in all the different races. That would be the College of Health Sciences and Professions Triathlon, OURotc, Mud Run presented by Hugh White Honda, mm. Quidel 5K presented by OUCU Financial, and 3K. The Power 105 3K walk presented by Stake and Shake, and then the OU uh, Heritage College of Medicine remote race for people that can't participate uh, in person can do the race virtually, and that's what we had to do last year. So our 2000 numbers were actually a little bit down yeah. with 730 participants. Well, oh, COVID was starting and people were aware of it, and I'm sure that had something to do with it. What um, Now, we're going to repeat some of this stuff, but this is complicated because, you know, events have times, and then there's different places where you meet to participate in each event. So the people that have been involved in it for years, they know to what website to go to and all that sort of thing to learn all the specifics. But let's say there's somebody listening right now who said, well, I wouldn't mind doing that on Saturday. Where should they go? Ohio Race for a Reason dot O R G. Simply enough. Ohio Race for a Reason dot org. Okay, so uh, folks, um, keep this in mind and, and go there. Can you sign up online? Yes, you can register online, and there's links to the registration page right uh, on the home page for uh, that website that I just sent you. Or that I just told you. Now, once again, folks, Ohio Health is proud to be the principal overall sponsor of this whole thing. And, of course, they are among the many uh, choices for, for selections to receive uh, support. But, um, Tara, t talk to us a little bit. Has this, um, what has it meant to Ohio Health? We've been very proud to support this event for 10 years, I think you said, Bill. Uh, it, it aligns with our mission to improve the health of those we serve. It's a great opportunity for people at 
you know, all levels of fitness mm -hmm. to come out and participate in a 3K walk or challenge themselves with a sprint triathlon. I know a lot of our employees really enjoy participating in the event. Uh, and then on the on the, the reason side, we will highlight a few of our different funds through our foundation every year. Uh, so it helps us just to share with the community that we have these different ways that you can support our patients, our nurses, our associates, um, but also you know it's 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 helpful to raise those dollars uh, that get invested back into into our programs, our patients, our community. Now, Terry, you yourself, I've always known you to be a pretty good athlete and always in great shape and that sort of thing. Now, what is your what has been your favorite event to participate in? I you know, I am actually very glad you asked that question because I would like to credit Bill uh, and his early morning triathlon training class with preparing me to run a sprint triathlon or to participate in a sprint triathlon. I completed two, uh, and uh, this was a f quite a few years ago, but I did not think I would ever compete in a triathlon, but it's in our backyard. It's a sprint triathlon, which means all the distances are shorter than they would typically be in a, in a, in a longer triathlon. And then we have this great resource in, in a class that can prepare you. Uh, and the first year that I did it, my dad competed in a triathlon with me. Uh, wow. And that's a, that's a really great memory. He's, he's 30 years older than me, has always been a much better athlete than I am. Uh, but he also, he also trained and, and finished the sprint triathlon. Now, are, are we talking about the event that's at, uh, let's see here, 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning? Correct. So that's the, the start time. That's when the first athlete will go into the water. So the swim's in the aquatic center, which makes it a great opportunity for a first-time triathlon, you know. Sorry. A lot, of, a lot of triathlons, you're doing an open water swim with a wave start. There's people all around you kind of in a confined area where here we seed you by your projected swim time and every participant ends, enters the water about 10 seconds apart from each other and you swim a serpentine swim in uh, the aquatic center and then you're out onto the bike path and in the Athens community going through the plains uh, coming back into and utilizing the, the great bike path that we do have available to us so uh, and that's a that's a running event right that is a swim bike and then run okay so uh you swim so the the bike path is used with bikes right correct and then how long is the run so it's a, a the run is a 5k run at the end it's a 500 meter swim about a 10.8 mile bike which uh, some of that's on the bike path. Some of that is on the shoulder of roads. Mm -hmm. And then a 5K run at the end. So that's the first event starting at 7.30. So what time might that end? Uh, for the first participant going in, uh, we've had some pros do the event who have done it in under an hour. So we all might all have... Three ev the, all three events and it only goes an hour? Yeah, for the, the super good people? For the super good people, yeah. yeah. And then Which would not include Tara. So we, no. No. Tara, Tara, <laughs> be close behind that. Close yeah. behind that. 
Okay. I, I'd say that most participants are probably finishing within an hour and a half to two hours. We might have some that are pushing a little bit beyond that. But uh, So, folks, you see, you could do this starting at 7.30 in the morning and still have time to go to breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, Bagel Street Deli is providing bagels and go. assorted cream cheese uh, uh, for our race participants at the end, as well as uh, some donated beverages like Nesquik chocolate and strawberry milk, uh, sparkling ice caffeinated energy drink, and some some water from Southeast Ohio beverage go. at the little, end. A little commercial there. So let's, let's talk about uh, some of the other events. Okay, so that's the triathlon, which is Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a duathon. Duathlon. How do you say that? It's it's uh, pronounced duathlon, and that happens simultaneously with the triathlon. So that's for people that don't like to swim, okay, but enjoy running. So that's a run, the running and bike, biking. then a run. Okay, now um, let's see here. We've got um, now the splash and dash, which is a new event. It's at the pool, and it's Friday evening, primarily for children. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, so we're this is a precursor to triathlons. For USA Triathlon is using this event to attract people in. We piloted the event back in 2019 with some swimmers from Bobcat Swim Club, um, and we did it on that Saturday. This time we're doing it the day before, in the evening during packet pickup. Okay. And the ages we're looking targeting is ages seven to fifteen. Now, um, what the hell, what are they judged on? So it, it's a it's a swim then a run. So ages seven to ten, it's a hundred meter swim and a one k run, and ages eleven to fifteen, it's a two hundred meter swim and a two k run. Nice. All right, then Saturday morning, of course. Um, uh, y- y- you really need this. Uh, go to their website. Uh, to learn where everything is and also where um, your pickup points are for registering and all that sort of thing. But uh, the the first event, as we mentioned, is that um, um, triathlon. Now, um, then at uh, 7.15 or so, we start several events. Now, um, next door here at our FM station, Power 105, they sponsor a 3K walk. And uh, Steak and Shake uh, shares in presenting that. Um, now, that's that's going to be on the bike path, I assume? Yep, that's on the bike path. So almost everything, If you, I could take you down the timeline for the morning if you wanted to. We kind of segregated out uh, and time distance things out. So the triathlon's first at 7.30. The next event that will go off starts in Tailgrate Park, and that's to keep mud runners off the bike path and away. And that goes over the Richland Avenue Bridge and then up into the ridges. A lot of the obstacles, that's the OURROTC mud run presented by Hugh White Honda. And that starts at 9.30. Then at 9.45, in parking lot 132, which is where the transition area is for the triathlon. Now, where, where is 132? 132 is right uh, beside Peden Stadium. Okay. So that, okay. So that entire parking lot is going to be 
uh, kind of cordoned off, barriered off, and that's where the start and finish line is and the transition area is for, for, for everything minus the mud run. Uh, so, but at 9.45, the, the Quidel 5K run presented by OUCU Financial will, will take off from that parking lot and go on to the bike path using the same 5K course that the triathletes and duathletes uh, have already used okay. or are in the process of using because uh, everyone's spread out over the course of time. And then at 10 o'clock in the morning, that's when the Power 105 uh, 3K walk presented by Steak and Shake goes off and they, they'll go on the bike path but in the opposite direction bound okay. towards Ohio Health Oblenis Hospital turn around there come back walk past the cherry trees uh, and finish in the same area and all of this stuff the whole thing with any luck ends at 11 and then you have an awards thing right correct and that will be in the Grover Center um, which the College of Health Sciences and Professions is our triathlon sponsor, yeah. uh, but also provides that facility for us. That's where post-race food will be. That's where post-race awards will be as well. And that's where race packet pickup is in the morning or late registration. And we, we do have walk-up registration. We would much rather you register online. Uh, but if... If you look at the weather, it's going to be great weather. We're, we have a little bit over 400 participants registered right now. We usually get a large rush in the, in the days leading up to the event. So we're hopeful. I mean, we don't think that we're going to get to the numbers that we've been at before, but we're hopeful to get uh, upwards of 500, maybe 550. Maybe we could get 600 here. I think Dave's going to probably sign up right after this. Oh, the mud, the mud thing. Yeah. Um, we are doing a no, mud no, run. Kara, We're Kara, did I, didn't I understand you did real well in the mud thing once? I, I have actually not participated. Oh, I heard a rumor about the, that. In the mud run. Okay. Uh, maybe someday. Now, what's a mud run then? I thought you could tell us firsthand, but uh, okay. So somebody lay it on me. Okay, so, so the mud run, um, it's an event where you're going to do some running. I, th I think it's a total of a 3.5-mile run, but there are 16 obstacles that you're going to be negotiating throughout that time. So after you go over the Richland Avenue Bridge and through that tunnel, which goes under 682, you'll pop up into Richland Avenue Park. You'll weave through some trees have to flip some large tires over, go through a culvert, and then run up a fire break onto that single track trail that uh, parallels Dairy Barn R Lane. There'll be some obstacles or exercise stations along the way, and then you'll pop out up into the ridges where uh, Army ROTC does a lot of their training. Mm -hmm. And we've been expanding obstacles uh, out there so uh -oh. there's over 10 obstacles to negotiate there one thing that we're doing new this year is we're doing a team event so there's five person team events so we're going to have some waves of the teams going off first right now i think we have 
four or five teams signed up and then the rest of the mud runners that are doing it individually will go off after that but everyone on the team will start together negotiate the obstacles together and finish together okay so you've got a very intense day starting at 6 a.m and ending around 11 30 or noon and that's this saturday there's also the the Kids Splash and Dash has been added on Friday evening. How many people does it take to supervise and pull this thing off? Well, we are blessed to be uh, to have sports administration on board and 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 working with this. So, so the grad students that come here to Ohio University to participate in that program. So um, we have over twenty five. Uh, grad students that will be helping out on Friday evening and Saturday throughout the event. Um, Army ROTC and hopefully Air Force ROTC are going to be providing upwards of 40 uh, people to to help supervise and provide safety at the obstacles for the mud run event. And then there's uh, people for, you know, pointing you in the right direction along the along the course, along the way, for all the different uh, arms of the event that are happening simultaneously. Terry, you have a four-year-old little daughter. Uh, what do you think? Has she shown interest in the Splash and Dash yet? Uh, he... He has not. Uh, he's or currently he is in not daughter. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Okay. He's currently in swim lessons, okay. uh, but but has absolutely no swimming skills yet. So okay. we'll we'll wait a year or two. Yep. And uh, just for kicks, are you going to participate this year? So I unfortunately am not participating this year. I have a foot injury. Okay. Uh, which is a big bummer because I really love this event and uh, been able to do the 5K a couple years uh, when I didn't have the, the time or energy to train uh, for the sprint triathlon and it's going to be such a beautiful day on Saturday so I'm really jealous of the folks that are going to be out there walking and jogging and biking and swimming. I'm a lawnmower nut you know I, I to, a, to a fault and um, I just had my lawnmower serviced after 900 hours of not being serviced I'm so anxious to mow the grass this weekend, <laughs> you know. But I'm going to come down and see some of it. What um, is there? Are there places that if somebody's just curious and maybe they want to see it a little bit and then participate next year, uh, where would you suggest people go to observe? Wow. Um, so I think most of the action is going to be happen in around the start and finish and transition area in parking lot 132 just west of Peden Stadium. So that's the football parking stadium? Yep, that's the football parking lot, the, okay. the main commuter lot for all our students. Um, but then if people want to branch out and they're like, hey, I want to see the mud run, like there's there's an area in the ridges where you can park vehicles and walk. If you wanted to walk up in and around well, the well, compost center, you, know, you, you could really go up there. Go, you didn't go into enough detail about the mud part. Oh, <laughs> Well, there's a there's a, you you will be able to appreciate this because I'm sure that during basic training you did some high crawl and low crawl absolutely underneath wire yeah, in yeah. a muddy area, 
every participant will have the opportunity to negotiate that obstacle. And uh, we will make sure that it's extra muddy uh, for individuals that want to get muddy. And then we also have a, a about a 30 to 40 foot slip and slide uh, as one of the obstacles that you get to negotiate after the mud portion. So you kind of clean yourself off a little bit uh, on the way back. I'm really changing topics. We have about seven minutes left. Um, Bill, in the service, you made it to um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, right? That's correct. Um, my JTD line number was a Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel. Um, but I'm I was sorry to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But um, but I, as you know, I was an E5. I was drafted. Hmm. Um, but the job I held was that of a Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel at Sink Pack, Commander in Chief Pacific, working for Senator McCain's father, right? John McCain. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in the service. I learned so much. Talk about your service just a bit. Uh, so I really, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently if I, as I look back. I mean, and honestly, there wasn't a lot of service in my family. I think my, my uncle had... Um, enlisted in, in Vietnam and yeah. was a fire direction specialist. And that was really the only service that had happened in my family um, up until my that time. By the way, I'm the first, too. Go but, ahead. Uh, we've had a lot of great opportunities, and, and I think that it brought our family uh, together and, and made us stronger as a, as a unit. If I look back over the course of my 20-plus years, I spent five of those years either deployed somewhere on an operational deployment or preparing for an operational uh, mm -hmm. deployment. So I've got to see a lot of different places in the world. Uh, we were stationed over in Germany in two different locations, and, and my oldest two children were born in German hospitals. So. I think that it's it's um, I think what it was good for our children. Uh, it was good for our our family, and I I'm still connected with the service and love it. And uh, you know I'm blessed to be teaching the freshman class at Ohio University Army ROTC, which is yeah. one of the one of the great ROTC programs in our country. So let's do another thing here. I unless it just escaped my mind, I had it there for a moment. Um, that happens, doesn't it? Something just goes pssst. more and more often for me. Yeah. Oh, I got I got it back. Okay. Um, one of the things that you enjoy doing and you're asked to do often is to take some organization. Often it's athletic, but not totally. And bring teamwork into being. And years ago when I headed up the Copperheads, you helped us a number of times. But I know there's OU collegiate teams that will have you come by and go through a session or two of how, how do you build teamwork. Is, is that a fair description? Yep, 
those are those are team building exercises that we generally do. I, I honestly haven't done one in several years. I mean, COVID probably yeah. put a damper on a lot of those things and with coaching staff changes and, and me kind of stepping away from athletes in action and focusing more on the on the military ministry on campus. I haven't been doing many of those, but those are really rewarding for me. I mean, I used to, coaches would give us like a whole practice time and we would put, make it a competitive environment, split the team in half, put people in different leadership positions and in an event that was both mentally and physically challenging and see how they react to it and use those lessons to kind of, uh, hey, what, how are these challenges that you're facing in here going to be similar to the challenges that you're facing in the upcoming season? And what can we do as an organization to be proactive instead of reactive? I've heard so better? many coaches that have asked you to assist them in a session or two or three uh, speak so highly of the outcome of that. So uh, well done, man. All right, wrap it up one more time. Race for a reason. It's this weekend. Do it. <laughs> All right. That's great. What a surprise, right? <laughs> we got a minute and a half. So, um, okay, I'll help you. Friday events, are there's just one. It's the Kids Splash and Dash. But on Friday from 530 to 7, any participants in any other event can also pick up their race packet at Grover Center. Then, Saturday, 6 a.m., once again, you can start to um, pick up those race packets and everything, I think. No, no, no. 7.15. Whatever. Um, I could help you out. Do it. That's yeah. what I was so hoping So the transition area will open at 6 o'clock, um, and then we, we are not really – we are encouraging triathletes to pick up their race packets the day before, but they'll pick up their timing chips in the, in the area. Warm up will be at seven o'clock. The event will kick off at seven 30 for the triathletes and do athletes. And there's an aqua bike for people that are just want to swim and bike and they, they're not able to run. So we have two people signed up for that little known uh, event that is, that is part of what we're doing. Aqua bike. Yep. Okay. We're signing you up for that, Dave. I want to try it. And then, I'm uh, curious. then, yep, then registration, late registration, walk-up registration will be open that entire morning. But at 9.30 is the first event that is we got the about mud run seconds. kicking off at Tailgate Park. Okay. 9.45 is the 5K uh, kicking off at Peden Stadium parking lot. And then 10 o'clock or Whenever we clear the last triathlete off the bike course is when the 3K walk will head out onto the bike path. I'm sorry, folks. We're out of time. Look it up on the website, Ohio Race for In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. The U.N. says there are now 5 million Ukrainians who have fled their country since the war began. Spokeswoman Shabaya Mantu. This is a staggering amount of people that have had to leave their, their homes, their possessions, in some cases family members behind. 
CBS's Charlie Daggett reports Russian forces are now focusing on the eastern part of the country. Drone footage shows a city torn apart after weeks of bombardment. Residential neighborhoods flattened. Beneath the Azovstal Iron and Steelworks plant, women and children huddle together in bomb shelters, too terrified to attempt an escape. A Ukrainian Marine makes a desperate plea. We're facing our last days, if not last hours. The enemy outnumbers us 10 to 1. And the enemy is closing in fast. This just in, in D.C., a person is dead after a shooting outside the Peruvian ambassador's residence. According to the Secret Service, an officer shot an intruder following a confrontation. Kimberly Goyfoyle, Donald Trump's junior's fiance, met with the committee investigating the January 6th attack. CBS's Robert Costa on the importance of this. She's a key figure because she's linked to what happened at the rally at the Ellipse near the White House on January 6th has knowledge of the organization of that rally. Another major university is acknowledging its relationship to slavery. CBS's Jim Crisula. Columbia University will publicly mark its historic ties to slavery and racism by adding historical markers to four residence halls named for men with ties to the school who owned slaves. Columbia will join Harvard Law School, Rutgers University, the University of Mississippi, and the University of South Carolina in acknowledging the school's relationships to slavery. It's a big stoner holiday today, 420. The legal marijuana business has been good during the pandemic. When those $1,200 stimulus checks were printed and came out, it was our highest day in sales really? ever. But Nico Inea, co-founder of Nug Wellness, says it's not all high times. He says it's actually hard to turn a profit, primarily because of taxes around 30% and the high cost of security. A couple times a week, different cannabis businesses are getting broken into. Kevin Ahazy, CEO of Eco Cannabis, says Unless they get more police protection, many marijuana businesses may go out of business. Matt Bigler for CBS News, Oakland. Netflix is on course for its worst day in nearly a decade. Even as shares drop, markets open higher today. Right now, the Dow's up 162 points. This is CBS News. Hire with minimal effort and maximum success with Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Visit Indeed.com credit. There are so many words to describe Panera's new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. The chicken, juicy, succulent, seared. The brioche roll, buttery and toasty. The Parmesan crisps, crunchy, tangy. The secret aioli, creamy and rich. All those words, but when you have a bite, you might just be left speechless. Panera's new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. Enjoy $1 delivery fee when you order on our app. Restrictions apply. For details, visit PaneraBread.com slash delivery.